KBCS HD1 Bellevue, Seattle, Tacoma, a broadcast service of Bellevue College since 1973. I'm Yuko Kodama. Next, a local perspective on Maui's wildfire disaster. I spoke with Gail Stringer of Hawaii General Store and Gallery. It's located on 45th Street in Seattle. I own the Hawaii General Store in Seattle. For the, I've owned it for the past 26 years, um, but I really don't like that title. You know, I feel like, first of all, it owns me, and it really is It's run by so many people. It's ridiculous to think that anybody really owns it. So I'm a part of it, and I think of it much more as a community gathering place than kind of a retail establishment. The retail sort of backs up the need to have a gathering place. It's just a way of keeping it there. So oftentimes when when things uh, get heavy back in Hawaii, there's uh, people want to get together. And so people have been coming to the store, not to shop, you know, just to be. Tell me about what you're hearing about when it comes to the wildfire disaster in Maui and how the community is working with this. There are so many different experiences people are having with all of this. And for the people who are actually there, I can't even fathom. We've certainly been hearing from Ohana, you know, family who have called in and checked in with people who work at the store. Um, And then the experiences of people talking about their families. It's hard because we're so far away. And I certainly don't want to be speaking in any way for like the Hawaiian community, but, but for that greater sort of local Hawaiian community, for those of us who were raised in Hawaii and grew up there, or those of us who lived there for a period of time, and it's really part of our, our heart and soul, and we carry that aloha, or people who just go and visit, visited once, you know, and there's so much aloha for Hawaii up here in the Pacific Northwest. That's more what I speak to and kind of where I come from is is sharing in that. I just... I feel like we've been hearing so much about uh, what's going on with the people back home who are just so deeply grieving. And from the moment it happened, you know, people were calling going, what are you going to do? What is everybody going to do? What can we do? How can we help? We want to help. And of course, we all want to help. We were all kind of freaking out. We want to help these people and this place that we love so much. And it felt a little frenetic to me. In Hawaiian culture, there's this way of being pono you're centered, you're grounded, things are right. That's that's a very brief description of it, but you know Pono when you feel it. It felt hard to feel kind of grounded in Pono and kind of know what to do. I felt like we all needed to take a deep breath for a second and figure out the best ways to make it happen. I was saying before, there's that issue of the people back in Hawaii who are experiencing all this, I can't even fathom where they are in the whole grief process, you know, and I want to give them the space to, to go through their process. We all want to help. And yet I don't want to invade that process. Like those people who are super directly impacted, it is going to be so long before they can even, I think, come up from what is going on. They're still learning where their relatives are. They're still learning what happened. Four days, it was still like, well, maybe they're okay because it's just cell service is so bad. You know, so now they're just getting to that point where really maybe my relatives are gone. And then we're learning more about just how gone, like what happened. And it continues to be this unfolding of trauma. I feel very 
respectful of allowing those people to go through that grief and the anger. You know, there's all those stages of grief and loss. I know that that's going to play out a lot in what happens coming down the road. If you look at Lahaina, just even just the respect that every single person there deserves to have, you know, around the passing of their relatives. There's a Catholic church, there's a other kinds of churches, there's a Mormon church, there's a Buddhist temple. And then you have all that is on land that is Kanaka Maoli with all their beliefs and spiritual practices. So everyone has layer upon layer of different spiritual practice, all living together. And at a time like this, everyone's going to need to follow their beliefs, the Native Hawaiians, you know, for whom the Eevee, the bones are so important. You know, I feel like you should have someone of Native Hawaiian ancestry speak more to that, to give people the opportunity to go back and try to find what they can. They are also contending with the fact that the, the place is contaminated with asbestos and lead, you know, so they can't just run back in. So that's heartbreaking. I just feel like we need to be so gracious with everyone who's there and put their needs first. We're all grieving, upset, but it's their Aina, it's their home, it's their experience. And we need to be able to be patient enough to hear from them what they need. We need to help them protect, you know, they're in the middle of grief and shock. And I can't believe people are going in and trying to buy up land. Like somebody's got to protect these people. Let them have their grief process and not let them get taken advantage of. Some families are getting more aid and more help than others. Other families, it's more difficult. Some trust aid agencies more than others. That's all understandable. You know, given the history of Native Hawaiians, you know, and um, other things, I can understand why some people don't want to go to shelters or whatever, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't have access to what they need. For, for us at the store, um, it, everything kind of came so hard and fast. And of course, we want to, to, to kukua, right? We want to help. And we want to not only help the people on Maui, but help the community up here um, come together and grieve in our own way or help each other feel okay. Initially, I didn't want to accept donations. We're still not accepting monetary donations, but it just became really clear that people wanted to drop things off. We started taking donations and then it became like, oh my goodness, like, how am I going to get this stuff to Maui? How are we all going to get these things over there? And really to the people who need them. I didn't want to just put them on a something and have them go somewhere and not know because there was so much aloha went into getting these things to our store. People were so thoughtful about what they went and purchased or what they brought in. It was really a beautiful thing. It still is. A group of women from Sammamish, they were all moms. So they went out and just remembered what it was like when they gave birth, when they had a little baby with them and what they needed. They threw in backpacks because they would have lost all their diaper bags. And they also put in like little toys. Another person came in, she was an older woman and she brought in just a ton of depends. Like if you're an elderly person and you're incontinent, you're in a shelter, you're surrounded by all these people and you have nothing, how hard that would be. Recently, people have been bringing in PPE stuff because 
if and when everybody gets to go back into their home, they can't just go back in there and start sifting through stuff. They need to have earplugs in, goggles on, gloves on, that there's asbestos and lead, two-way radios, because people weren't able to communicate. And I would say almost everybody who came in teared up when they brought their gifts in. They're really gifts. I don't even think of them as donations. In some ways, that's our way of healing. You know, we feel like we need to do something. It was becoming clear that the, not everything was getting through to Maui. And it's not for lack of people trying. Everyone is so trying their best. They're in a really difficult position because there's only one road in unless you take the north side. And that's kind of scary driving. We've been looking for ways to try to get food and all those things into people uh, through different ohana, through different channels. We call it the coconut wireless. It was kind of like gossip, but you know, it's just this person's connected to this person's connected to this person. And so it's kind of through this beautiful chain of a coconut wireless that I was connected with a family on Maui. It never would have happened had this woman not called the store and been trying to reach out had her family not reached out from Maui. And so there was that connection side and then the connection side from here, getting it onto an airplane and then getting it delivered to Maui to people who had just trucks and had access to getting it in. It was, it was amazing. Totally makes me want to cry. It only happened because people weren't willing to give up. People weren't willing to give up to try other ways to get in. There's this hikino like, can we can do, we can do this. I think we all feel Lahaina will come back because it's it's a sacred space, you know? Um, so we'll come back, but it, I, I would love to see it be on Hawaiian terms. We're gonna need to be out here on the outside helping take care of Hawaii when they ask for it. But I would hope that we can be really mindful about listening to what they ask us for, whether that's respect. If you're going to go be a tourist, that you show up and you be respectful of where they are. Be mindful that it's going to be different for a while. You know, I know that people were struggling initially or still or whatever about like no tourists, like get out of here, don't come around. And I, that makes total sense for logistics and privacy and, and being respectful. Absolutely. And then I also understand that it's one of the difficult aspects of life in Hawaii is that the economy is very tourism centric. And so here you have families who um, their source of income is with the tourist industry and they're just coming back from COVID and their businesses are just getting going again. And now if we say tourists don't come, then where, where does that put them? And, you know, that's all kinds of, of families. It's Kama'ina families, it's Kanaka Maoli, it's Haole, it's everybody. And so it's a fine line to walk. I just think they need to sort that out. They're going to sort that out back in Hawaii. And then all those of us on the outside uh, need to be respectful of how they how they decide to do that. The word aloha gets thrown around a lot. It really is an amazing word. It's an amazing concept. It's a beautiful thing. 
and malama is another word you know malama means to like care for so um you can malama a person you can malama a thing but it's just that gentleness and caring for something to really care for it and I, we need to malama maui you know we need to show our aloha to the people of maui we need to show our aloha to each other we need to recognize that there's going to be high emotions all over the place, patient with each other, even with ourselves. There's a lot to be learned from all this. Um, I think if we're we're kind, we malama, and um, we help help them get back on their feet when they're ready, when they ask. Gail Stringer of Hawaii General Store in Seattle. I'm Yuko Kadama.